Thank you for listening to this Belly Up Sports Podcast Network product. Some said we go belly up, so we made it our name, and we're still here. City Podcast. I'm your host, the one and only Vinny Milani, joined as always by my best friend, Aaron the Mukesiah. Mukes, it is a beautiful March 25th evening here in the city. Episode 10, Fun and Games Friday. You guys probably missed us, right? That's probably what's going on right now is you guys have, you guys missed us because we, we took a little break on Wednesday to re-release quite possibly the most controversial Sac City episode in history. Even even the past show that we used to do, that episode is probably the most controversial episode of all time. But today, we're not talking about that. We've got a lot of moves and a lot of things that went down the past few days that we have yet to cover that we are going to cover tonight. But today's a very special day here in the city today our boy yo boy everybody's boy today graduated from full sail university the dan patrick school of sports casting we welcome another alum to the group to the fam let's bring on mr graduate himself Yup, wait, I'll give I'll give this the right the right intro. He is from Tampa, Florida, weighing in at an undisclosed weight that's probably under 200 pounds. He is probably the valedictorian. He is five awards. I think that's how many he got today, if I remember correctly. Five awards today. He is AJ. Johnson! I guess I'll just add myself. I wasn't uh, sure about how that was going to go down. Hello. Hello. What's oh, up, buddy? How goes it? It's so great to be here uh, with you two on this wonderful platform. Uh, believe it or not, because you haven't heard from me forever. Uh, <laughs> I've been sad. I've been dying. It to not be here and share this platform with you guys has hurt but today i remembered why i made that decision and i gotta be honest it felt damn good uh i've watched both of you do it so you know i'm like oh this is gonna be normal i've done this i've been here no biggie my family sat exactly where we sat for aaron's graduation i was like this is super normal i've been here but then i stood up and then i walked to the stage and it became like real and uh felt felt really good uh found out there was one other person that was battling me for possible valedictorian in the advanced achievement award uh and uh when i realized he didn't get the advanced achievement award i knew what it was and uh it, it felt pretty good. it was cool it was a good feeling yeah. uh, i'm an alum now 
I'm excited about it. And I know more school and after Sunday, but you know. <laughs> do do um can can we travel back here? Do do the Sac City fans know who this man is? Do they understand? Because you know, we have we have a lot if you haven't noticed, if you haven't noticed, AJ, oh, shit. Uh, over the past couple of weeks, we have a lot of new people that have yeah. been tuning into our content and they haven't seen your face yet. Yeah. Like so there those people that, that have one been, episode. Yeah, one. that's what I'm saying. Like since episode one. Um, you've kind of been MIA, so I'm I'm curious to see how the fans are going to gravitate towards you as you kind of incorporate yourself back in, because um, we know how they feel about Dylan. They yeah, made exactly. that, <laughs> made that Dylan, very clear over the weekend. So, oh man, you know, Dylan you know, became was, public enemy number one. <laughs> well, I mean, when you decide to say stupid things outright and just double down and back it up, and we've told him about this hundred percent thing that he loves to do so much. You want to be bold, be fine, but. Be bold with facts behind it. Don't just say random shit. Uh, so, yep. but you know, he's gonna learn the hard way. If he wants to live in the in the comments, that's on him. You know, I'm excited though, and I thought about this the other day. The rebrand has been awesome. You guys have been crushing the game. It would have been dope to rebrand it into the draft season. Uh, but as you guys know, that's my thing. I love like so, so it was sad to miss so much free agency because. We've never had a free agency like this. It's been nuts. And I haven't been able to talk about a damn single thing yet. And a lot happened with my team, the Atlanta Falcons. But to come back for draft season, for mock draft season, for what I'm sure is going to be a second fantastic annual draft night, I'm, I'm excited. It's, it's about to get hot and heavy. And Sac City is about to keep cruising upwards. It's going to be, it's going to be fantastic. We're excited to have you back and welcome yeah. you back into the city. What happened was you just you got you, you came into the city, you visited, and then you had to do PR work outside the yeah. city. You had to you had to promote, you had to get stuff done. You visited other towns to make sure that everything <laughs> was running that the world knew about Sac City. Sac now you're coming back. Now you're returning for draft season. The season, your hot season. It's gonna be great. We are excited to uh we're excited to welcome you back with open arms, buddy. We we did miss you. We did miss you. I missed you. you guys as well. Thank you for holding it down. Uh, I know you guys have a great show to plan tonight. I'm going to be listening as much as I can, but I got a couple things at the finish, and then the fam is all about to arrive. We're going to do dinner and games and stuff like that. Uh, Hopefully you're not finishing work. Hopefully it's not part of Richie's class. <laughs> nah. Can't <confirm>. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, it, it, it's 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 small things, you know. It's luckily it's it's stuff we've done on Sac City. I just need to put some VO over a debate, just spice it up with a little full screen graphic that uh I can thank Vinny for teaching me how to do, and and thank myself for learning how to do it my way. Um, and, and then I'm good. Then I'm done. And stupid career modules that make no sense. Like, why am I still doing career modules from Gordy's class? Like, why was that not in Gordy's class? I don't want to do three of these things, but. It is what it is. Come Sunday at 11.59. I will well, be. Well, well. Well, for me, maybe Monday or Tuesday. <laughs> <laughs> hey, when you got it like we got it, 11.59 on Either way. day. Either way, it gets done. As long as it gets yeah. done, that's all that matters. Yeah. And then yeah. I have time, and I'll jump on TikTok. Because you guys have been waiting for me to do that, and uh, yo, I'm about to have the first. I'm about to have the first video to get zero views. Yeah, yeah that that that's that's super weird. By the way, I was going to talk to you about that. That's I, like abnormally weird. So I don't know I, what I. 
We'll talk about that off screen. We'll talk about. That I off saw screen. it. I was like, oh my god, I'm about to break TikTok history. I'm about to have a TikTok video that's going to see zero views for like hey, months and months and months. We need a claim to fame issue. on every level, baby. Like, hey, not only are we, we go. so good at TikToks with thousands of views, we also have the only one that has no views. Yeah. Who else can say that? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Well, well, AJ, listen. congratulations, yep. buddy. Exactly. Congrats. <laughs> hey, we on the same level. Even though you haven't been on the on the show in a while, we on the same yeah. level. And really, this is your day. I'm about to do this. Hold on for one second. And Aaron, let me see if you can participate in this as well. I'm going to solo this gentleman. And we're going to give them all a round of applause. Congratulations, Mr. A.J. Johnson on getting to the finish line and completing your 29-month course at Full Sail University. Hey, it's it's a big-time it's a big time move. We got big one deal, more brother, coming behind us. Dylan's going to make us proud, and then it's a show of alums, and we're going to go a long way, fellas. Uh, yes, you guys crush it like you always do. Enjoy the show tonight. Have fun. Come back Monday. So if you haven't been prepared, which I know you have, it's about to be a whole nother level because once I'm back, the gloves are off, baby. I'm ready. I am ready. NFL. Yeah, I'm, t- I'm tired of whooping up Vinny and I Dylan. I- I'm tired of whooping them up. You know, honestly, I wanted to soften you up a little bit, let you allow some wins because I know it's going to be a long time. No, yeah, I, I never, I never get down, brother. I, ne- I never, I never take it easy. I'm ready hey, for it. Hey, hey, now when you get back, we get to do fun and games Friday with the games, with game yes. games, and we get into ready. this rankings and oh, it's going to be great. It's going to be great. Trying to get these dubs, fellas. I will leave you. That was perfect timing. That's awesome. We're, we're killing the game already. Uh, have a good show. I will uh, check in. Maybe join Bailey in the chat. He needs some friends. But then again. I don't know if I want that to be me. So hey, yeah, that's still in territory. That's still in territory. Yeah. You guys have a great show, man. Crush it. Thanks, Thanks buddy. Congrats, life, brother. Yes, sir. Ooh, I almost did it, Aaron, and ended the broadcast. Oh, oh my goodness. Oh, my goodness. There you have it, ladies and gentlemen. Your boy, AJ Johnson. Again, a special congratulations goes out to our boy, for completing school. I mean, this it's a grind, guys. What we go through, it ain't easy. But but AJ did it. He joins the club uh, of the alums on this show. And Dylan is last but certainly not least. We've got a great show ahead of us, though. It is fun. And Games Friday will be debuting a new game on this show. We're going to be playing the dating game as the main event this evening. We're going to get into that uh, and so much more. But first... Aaron, I'm gonna I'm gonna let you do this one. I'm gonna let you do this one. You're gonna let me do Why the easy job? Yeah, I'm gonna let you do the easy job. Why don't you tell the beautiful people at home where they can follow us at? I don't need to tell anybody to do anything because Mr. Kenny Baby Hands Pickett himself will tell you to head on over to all of our socials at Sac City Pod on Facebook, IG, Twitter, YouTube, and the only place where you can see a video that has zero views, the TikTok. <laughs> And go and follow and subscribe and like and share and hit those buttons. And make sure you're following the ride because we are tearing the game up right now. And it's only going to get better as we tell you during our mock draft season as it comes up where baby hands pick it might end up. So be sure to follow. There you go. There you go. We kick off our draft coverage uh, at the beginning of April. We're targeting a what is the day's day? We're targeting a targeting an April 4th start date on all of our draft coverage. We'll see mock drafts and so much more. You're not going to want to be anywhere else but in the city, in Sac City. Aaron, so much news broke these past two days. And unfortunately, you, sir, you're Mr. CBS now. 
You are Mr. CBS. You were grinding it out, working for CBS. That deserves another congratulations, by the way. Another congratulations for grinding it out with CBS. But one of the reasons why we could not go live is because we all were busy on Wednesday. We replayed the controversial episode. That day just so happened to be another massive day, and it sure as hell went by fast. Tyreek Hill, the cheetah, is heading to South Beach to be with Tua Tungavailoa and the Miami Dolphins after they acquire Tyreek Hill from the Kansas City Chiefs in a massive, massive trade that saw the superstar wide receiver head down to Miami. And like I said, this trade, I felt like, went really, really fast, like unusually fast because the reports came out and I was like, is this real? Like, this can't be real. All of this news is happening so fast. There's no way. There's going to be some kind of, uh, like, hiccup in all of this. And then it pick, picked up steam. The reports came out that the Miami Dolphins and the New York Jets were the favorites to land Tyreek Hill. And I'm like, man, this is happening so fast. How is this possible? And then the report broke in that Tyreek Hill was being traded to the Miami Dolphins. Aaron, instant reactions here on this trade. Massive. It's a massive deal. Um, what we've seen this offseason is obviously I wasn't surprised by it. I wasn't shocked by it, but there may have been some kind of in some kind of subtle hints tossed out there. Tyreek Hill can uh, thank Chiefs fans like a couple of weeks earlier on his Twitter and Instagram. He basically said thank you to the Chiefs kingdom for everything. Um, these subtle hints were thrown out there and then there was talks about they were close on a deal in Kansas City. And that there were some final things being worked out. And obviously those things couldn't be worked out. Look, for Miami to, to get a talent of Tyreek Hill, it's it's massive. For, for Tua Tungavailoa and Jalen Waddell and the rest of that offense to have now a weapon like Tyreek Hill, it's only going to make them ascend. And this is going to this goes to show you that Miami is all in with Tua, right? They're saying, Tua, you have to now prove it to us. Show us why you were the first round draft pick that we, we believe you are, the franchise quarterback, because we're going to give you everything you need. We saw it with them going and loading up in the backfield with the Chase Edmonds and a Raheem Moster. They already had a Miles Gaskin there. They go out and get a, a Tyree Kill. They bring back a Mike Gusecki on a franchise tag. They go out and get um, one of the other guys we're going to mention here in one of our top stories. They go bring back uh, Ogba. Like, this is Miami saying, you're our guy. We've committed to you. Now you have to show us why. And um, Tyree Kill is just a, a talent. We talk about him all the time. The speed, the ability to stretch a defense the the playmaking ability that you questioned I'm over the years of jump, of jump balls and being able to make plays outside of maybe that particular Kansas City scheme is now going to be put to the test with the Miami Dolphins team. So it's, it's going to be fun to watch. I am questioning this man right here now. I'm questioning Tyreek Hill. And I know like, I, I give him, him his respect. I give him his dues for what he was able to do in Kansas City. But he is not joining a team led by Patrick Mahomes. He is now joining a team led by Tua Tagovailoa, who I have had a lot of doubts on since he came into the NFL, since we saw him and how he was handled in Miami with the Ryan Fitzpatrick stuff. We saw him play last year, and it always seemed to me like Brian Flores was scheming that Miami Dolphins offense around, not, not even around Tua Tagovailoa, but almost minimalizing the impact of Tua and leaving it in the hands of a Jalen Waddle, leaving it in the hands of anyone else, Micah Sicky, and, and doing it all that way. I am very concerned about Tyreek Hill in a Miami Dolphins uniform with 
Tua Tagovailoa. I I don't I, like the, the the memes are going around, the jokes are going around saying Tyreek Hill is going to burn down the field and be seventy five yards downfield, but he's not going to have a quarterback who's going to be able to hit him. Are you concerned about that at all? Not really. And and I've, I'm on the record to not really believing in Tua as far as being an elite quarterback. But I don't think he needs to be an elite quarterback to have Tyreek Hill, Tyree Hill be productive. We saw Tyreek Hill produce when Alex Smith was the quarterback. The, the first year that Tyreek Hill really became a starter was 2017, where he played 15 games with, with Alex Smith. He went over 1,000 yards. He had 1,100, almost 1,200 yards and seven touchdowns. So it's not like he wasn't productive. That was his second year in the league. The, the whole, the jokes about Tua not being able to throw the deep ball, it's kind of funny to me because he was also considered one of the best deep ball throwers in college as far as accuracy and where he put the ball. So I, I don't really buy into that. I think we saw what Tua can do with a weapon like a Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle last year. Yes, a lot of the stuff what he does is at the line of scrimmage, but that's not much different than what Tyreek Hill did last year with Kansas City. The run after the catch was huge for huge for him. We see the way he throws up the peace signs as he's blowing by everybody. Tyreek Hill is not getting slower. So as long as he's not getting slower and they can get the ball into his hands, I think they'll be just fine. You add more protection on that offensive line. You add an adequate running game. You add a really, really good defense. Um, it's To me, it's going to be – I don't know you're going to get the Tyreek Hill 1,500 yards – Kansas City style because of the way the offense is ran. And yes, he's not as dynamic as Patrick Mahomes, but can he still be one of the best receivers in football? I absolutely believe so. He's a really good route runner. And I, I believe he'll find a way to make it happen. And that offense is getting scarier every every single day. Every yeah. day. Yeah, it is. And and, and the, the other move that the Miami Dolphins made shortly before this, and we'll just touch on this real quick. We're kind of we're gonna kind of jumble all this Miami Dolphins talk into one little segment here because the Miami Dolphins not only acquired Tyreek Hill, they also signed to Ron Armstead, arguably the best offensive lineman in this free agency class, arguably one of the best tackles in the NFL. He is now heading to Miami to protect Tua Tangavelo's blind side. They're build, building something special here in Miami. This signing of Teron Armstead, now trading for Tyreek Hill. Where do we expect the Miami Dolphins to be next year in this wild race of an AFC? And now potentially a fight for an AFC East title with the Buffalo Bills and possibly the New England Patriots, who I'm sure we'll talk about down the road with our concerns and all that stuff. So what does this Armstead deal mean? And what is it doing for the Dolphins moving forward? It's huge. Teron Armstead is one of the best tackles in football. Went over, kind of overlooked for the first like seven, eight years of his career. He has been the protector of Drew Brees' blind side for a long time. He did it last year with Jameis Winston before he got hurt. Um, this guy is a just a massive, massive talent. And Miami has now focused on that offensive line. You see the addition of Teron Armstead. You now add in a Connor Williams who has had some veteran experience in Dallas on that good offensive line. And now you're looking at offensive line that has kind of been revamped. You get Michael Dieter at center. You have a Robert Hunt on the right, on the right guard. And then you have Liam Eikenberg on the right tackle. And you, you can now get some cohesiveness there for, for a Tua that maybe didn't have it before. And so Miami is going to compete. I think the move of Teron Armstead combined with a Connor Williams, the running backs they got, and a Tyreek Hill, I think you're looking at the second best team in the AFC East. I think they leapfrog New England. We've all kind of been witness to the lack of movement that New England has had this offseason. I think you have to look at Miami as number two, especially with how hot they got at the end of last season. 
You bring a head coach in and Mike McDaniel, who has some offensive kind of, he's a, supposed to be an offensive minded guru. And you can kind of put that with a young quarterback who has some upside. And I think Miami is now the second best team in the East and they could be fighting for a wild card spot. I'm honestly with this Miami team, I think this, the biggest thing around this, and I see the comments in here saying that Teron Armstead was overpaid to me. This is so perfect for what two is. And we talk about the, the, everyone's talking about how this is now a make it or break it type year for Tua Tagovailoa. What the Dolphins have done here is they are protecting Tua in every way, shape, or form. They're protecting him with that, giving him the protection and literally in the offensive line and signing Toronto Armstead, but they're now giving him the outlets of, of a Tyreek Hill. They've already, they already drafted a Jalen Waddle. They're bringing in a run game to support Tua. They're doing everything that they possibly can to give Tua that support. And we see, we, we, we've heard it all, all off season long when they were going on with the Deshaun Watson stuff, this Miami Dolphins front office believes in Tua as their guy. So what do they do? They go out and they go get, the guys to give Tua the best possible chance to be the guy. So kudos to the Miami Dolphins for being able to to bring in this protection, to bring in all the pieces around Tua to give him a fair shot. Now, when we go back to the Tyreek Hill trade, there's another team involved. And in a trade, you have to give stuff up. And boy, was this a lot given up for Tyreek Hill. A first, a second, two-fourths and a sixth heading to the Kansas City Chiefs uh heading to the Kansas City Chiefs for for Hill I'll start off with this was it an overpay for Tyreek Hill Absolutely Absolutely. And from, from the Chiefs side of this, I love this deal. And I, you know me, I love Tyreek Hill. I think he the talent is just unmatched in the NFL. But I thought the Kansas City Chiefs got a haul and I thought it was it was well done by um Andy Reid and that staff. It's to me, it is one of those things where sometimes you just can't keep everybody. And we're in the sense here where you, you can't keep everybody. It's Tyreek Hill or you can't fix a defense or you can't go out and sign key free agents. So I, I thought they got enough for him. I thought it was well done by both teams. I think Kansas City, I think the loss of Tyreek Hill, people are going to jump to the conclusion. Well, nope, there goes Kansas City because they're taking a step back in that AFC. But we, we saw what they did with the Juju Smith-Schuster. Patch, if you're paying your franchise quarterback like that, you ha he has to make up for those deficiencies. Maybe we've seen this in the past. We've seen great quarterbacks make good wide receivers great. Maybe Juju Smith-Schuster now takes a step up because he's playing with Patrick Mahomes. Maybe another guy we're going to talk about in MVS is going to step up because he's playing with Patrick Mahomes and he's more of a target. Maybe you see a Mecole Hardman who has a very similar skill set to, uh, to Tyreek in the speed element, uh, maybe he takes a step up and you still have Travis Kelsey. You still have um, Clyde Edwards, Elair there, and you still have Andy Reed. And as long as you have Andy Reed and Patrick Mahomes, um, I believe they are capable of still winning. There's the coaching here matters so much to me. Andy Reed is not known for having a number one receiver. If you go back to the days when he was in Philadelphia, it was Freddie Mitchell. It was uh pink uh, Todd Pinkston or whatever his name was. It was <laughs> these guys that were, just guys, but they stepped up when it mattered. The way he ran his offensive scheme, he knew how to get them the ball when they needed it. And um, outside of the Terrell Owens year, obviously, they didn't really have a go-to number one receiver. And, and I think he's comfortable, familiar with that, and I think they'll still make it work. And he still has the best tight end in football, in my opinion. So um, 
Kansas City will be okay. Do they still have holes to fill? Yes. But I think getting these draft picks, allowing that cap space to open up, now you can fill some of those holes. And we'll talk yeah. about some of those holes when we get into our, our, our later in the, in the show. But those holes now can be filled by young players, young draft picks. It's a deep wide receiver class. They can go out and find maybe a guy that they like. They can try to develop them. And, and I still think they'll be okay. I'm not going to just jump off the bandwagon because Tyreek Hill is gone. I think it's easy to do that, but I don't think uh, I'm ready to do that just yet because I do trust in Andy Reid and that front office. Yeah, uh, And, and with, uh, that's the biggest thing here. It's like when you give up a player as, as talented as Tyreek Hill, you're like, okay, they're going to be losing a lot. They're, 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 they're losing a lot. And are they going to be able to recover from this? But when you have a guy like Patrick Mahomes at quarterback, you're feeling okay. You're feeling a little bit better. Now, one last thing on this Miami Dolphins side. I don't mean to continue to harp on Miami, but they obviously got the, the guy, and they also gave up a ton. We've talked about the Washington football team giving up assets for a Carson Wentz, and then we talk about Denver giving up assets for a Russell Wilson. And when we said that, we're like, okay, Denver – was close. Denver was a quarterback away from winning a Super Bowl or being in the being a Super Bowl caliber team. Washington was not, and they went out and gave up a lot for Carson Wentz. And now we're like, okay, but they 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 still weren't that good of a team, anyways. So they had Carson Wentz. It didn't get them over the hump. There's still a hump for Washington to get over. Whereas Denver already over the hump with the addition. Is Tyreek Hill? Is is Tyreek Hill the move for the Miami Dolphins to get over the hump and be a, a Super Bowl caliber team? Or do they just give up too much and uh, and it could screw them over in the future? Um, no, because I think what we saw with Miami is a few years ago, it was the tank for Tua. They were getting rid of guys and accumulating picks, right, to rebuild. And that rebuild happened really fast. If Tua is the guy that they say they 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 believe he is, then going out and getting a, a Tyreek Hill is massive. You have a Jalen Waddle. They have a good young defense. They they needed to address a few a few aspects. Weapons, which they did. Cedric Wilson, Tyreek Hill, Jalen Waddle. And then you needed to address that offensive line. And they did with Teron Armstead, Connor Williams. So now you're in a situation where that window now starts. So the Dolphins have three to four years to say, you know what? We have Tua still on a rookie deal. We can go and try to win now. We still have cap space. We can go make this move. They still, they didn't give up four first round picks or, you know, anything this massive amount, like, like what Deshaun Watson was worth. Right. They, they did it in a way where they can still go out and make picks. They still have a third, fourth round pick this year. They only gave up one first round pick. So they're still going to have first round picks next year and the year after. So I, I think it's a good spot. I think you look at it. If you look at it just for 2022, you say, okay, we gave up a first and a second. Is there a receiver that's coming out of the draft? That's going to have an impact because we need a weapon on our team that's going to be worth a first and a second round pick right now? And the answer is probably no, right? We know it takes a while for receivers to, to kind of get um, accumulated. And the fact is, is Jalen Waddle has already done that. Now you're getting a year two Jalen Waddle and a veteran in Tyreek Hill. Um, I thought Miami was was okay to overpay here. It, it, to me, it is an overpay. Let's make that clear. But, but, but I think they the were okay to do it. What, what and and the funny part about it all is is Miami overpays, but then Miami still has okay. So Miami doesn't have a first round pick this year, but next year they still have two first round two picks first next year. So exactly. it's like it's like yeah, you're one hundred percent right. When you look at the picks, it's like okay for any normal team that has regular like just pretty standard picks in the draft, 
it might be a lot. But with my what Miami still has is so much, so many assets uh, moving forward that this trade it, it gives you the freedom to make this type of trade. Uh, let's move on to the Chiefs side. And obviously, they trade Tyree Kill, and with Hill being gone, they want to replace his speed, and they go out and get a Marquez Valdez scaling from the Green Bay Packers. They sign him to a three-year deal, which brings the speedster to Kansas City. Uh, I think I read somewhere that said that last year, the, the highest-clocked player last year was Tyreek Hill for, for a play, and then the second-highest-clocked player was Marquez valdez Scantling. How does MVS fit in Kansas City here? I mean, it's it's – it's perfect. And it, the reason it's perfect is because Kansas city loves speed and that's what MVS does. He has speed. Um, am I going to sit here and say he's going to replace Tyree kill? That's just stupid, right? Yeah. He is not Tyree kill, but can he make some of those big deep ball plays maybe for Patrick Mahomes that Tyree kill used to make? Absolutely. You, you get a guy like um, Juju, who's really, really good in the slot, really good underneath. And then you have a Miko Hartman, who's a game breaker. They use on reverses. And then you get a deep threat now with MBS for play action when you want to take your shots. I think that's a good start for, for the Kansas City Chiefs to kind of fill that void of a Tyreek Hill. I do think they'll still address the wide receiver position in the draft or, or somewhere down free agency. Maybe they go out and get a veteran. But the fact of the matter is MBS does what Kansas City loves, and that's bring a bunch of speed elements to the game. And, and we saw when MBS and, and Aaron Rodgers were on the same page, there were big plays to be made there. This is a guy that can get behind the defense, can make some plays. He's not just some, you know, run of the mill kind of throw him on a team every year wide receiver. He is a very talented receiver. Um, maybe he hasn't lived up to it as a number two, but you got to remember these offenses, when you have a Devontae Adams, the number two is not as important. They don't use him as much. So he's not getting as much run. Um, but I really like what MVS brings to the Chiefs. The speed element is going to be massive in that division. You talk about some of the, the acquisitions made by those other teams. I, I think he'll have an impact, and I think him and Patrick Mahomes might take some time to get on the same page, but he goes from playing with Aaron Rodgers to now Patrick Mahomes. How good does that feel? Yeah, that's that. what a transition. That that is That is amazing for a wide receiver to be able to just go from one great to another great. Introducing the new Chocolate Cream Cold Brew. Light, sweet, and silky chocolate cream cold foam meets bold, smooth Starbucks cold brew for a delicious way to make the most of your summer day. Your happy is here at Starbucks. Order ahead on the app. Hurry into Mattress Firm. For a limited time, save up to $500 when you get a king bed for the price of a queen or a queen for a twin. Plus, get a free adjustable base with qualifying Sealy purchases up to a $4.99 value. Or get up to 60% off America's top-rated brands, like Sealy Queen mattresses starting at $279.99 or Sleepies at $169.99. In stock for fast delivery, only at Mattress Firm. Restrictions apply. See store or mattressfirm.com for details. Now, I've, I've, I've heard a lot of... I have heard a lot of negative things about this MVS signing to the Chiefs. A lot of people out there are a little concerned about MVS saying... Some I, I have heard out there people say, oh, MVS couldn't be a great talent with playing with Aaron Rodgers. What makes you say that he's going to be able to be good in Kansas City? But you brought it up. You said it. You already answered this question here because you brought up the fact that sometimes when you have a wide receiver one like a Devontae Adams, you really see wide receiver twos and threes really look like threes and fours, what would be on other teams because of the amount of the workload that is going to a Devontae Adams. And I feel like that's what people are missing here. 
Marquez Valdez-Scaling has the talent. He has the potential, but obviously it's overshadowed by a Devontae Adams. And then when you throw in, he's battling for, for targets with, with an Alan Lazard, who at times looked better than Marquez Valdez-Scaling. But it doesn't take away from what MVS is capable of doing. And when you watch the film and you know what Kansas City is able to bring to the table, you know that MVS is going to be able to fit right in with this Kansas City Chiefs team. Yeah, it's different, right? The 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 narrative is different when you have an offense that runs the way Green Bay does versus Kansas City. Kansas City is a high, we talked about this last postseason. They are high volume, up tempo. They like to they like to go and go and go. Green Bay's a grind it out, play clocks at zero every time. Aaron Rodgers is scanning the field. They don't get as many plays in in a game. They're not going to target their number two or three receiver as much. And Kansas City also likes to take more deep shots than Green Bay does. So Green Bay, you might see a deep shot taken every you know two or three times a game, whereas Kansas City might take that five or six times a game. And MVS is that guy, whereas Alan Lazard was more over the middle. He's the possession receiver. So yes, MVS is not going to come in here and get eight to ten targets a game. But those four to five targets a game he gets, those are big plays that Kansas City likes to run. Um, I think it's perfect. I don't think they overpaid for him. I thought what uh, total is uh, maybe around $10 million a year. Yeah. Um, it, the, the fact of the matter is, is they like speed and they want as many weapons on the field as they can. And when you put a lineup out there with Juju, Nicole Hardman, MVS, you have speed all over the field with Travis Kelsey. Um, it's still an offense that's formidable. I mean, we can look at some teams that don't even have a, a number two that's as good yeah. as um, MVS anyway. So um, I like it. I, I don't think they, I don't, I don't think the, the name MVS has to be considered a Tyree kill. So yeah, if you want to compare them to each other, yeah, maybe it comes up short, but I don't think that's what Kansas City was going for. Obviously, they didn't pay him like like yeah. he was a top guy. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, it's it's definitely – I think it's a good fit. I think it's a good signing. I think it's a good fit for Marcus Valdez-Scanling and the Kansas City Chiefs. Last thing on this, and we're going to move on to our last final headline. Real quick, fantasy. Tua Tungavailoa, starting – draftable? <sighs> He's not a QB one. Okay. And then, okay. I, draft okay. him as, with upside. You can draft him late as late, a, as like a, a flyer, flyer, like a flyer, like, Hey, if, if it pans out, it's going to be great. Yeah. Yeah. But, okay. but I'm not going to, I'm not going to just because they have Tyreek Hill. I'm not going to jump him in the top 12. He's not okay. a Jalen Waddles fantasy outlook. Now that Tyreek Hill is there, it's going to take a dip. It's going to take a dip from what we saw last year because I don't think they're going to be this spread it out, throw it all over the the field type team. Yeah. I think they're going to try to run the ball a little bit. Um, they brought in two running backs this offseason, but I, it might help him be more efficient. He might have more big plays. Last year, a lot of his stuff was around the line of scrimmage, and it was very like yards per catch monster. and all that. Yeah, he was a PPR monster, but he didn't have those explosive plays that we thought we might see from him. You might see a little bit more of that now with the with the attention that's going to be given to Tyreek Hill. And last but certainly not, well, Tyreek Hill. Is he still cuz I I mean there's been times last year where people were drafting Tyreek Hill borderline first round pick. Yeah, now yeah, well, he definitely was a first round pick and, if you're taking but, a receiver outside of Devontae Adams. Now how you're far probably is the drop. The drops significant enough because and it's not because of Tyreek Hill it's because of Tua right Tua, yeah yeah offense. exactly um I, I'm probably not taking Tyreek Hill in the first there's no it, way I'm taking him in the first round yeah. um maybe a late second rounder okay so that's, that's probably the earliest I look at him 
That's still yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. One. You're okay. not. I'm not taking okay. Tyreek Hill off the wide receiver one list until they show me he can't be a wide receiver one. Okay, okay. And then last but certainly not least, Patrick Mahomes still t- one and two quarterback. Top top three quarterback in fantasy. Okay, okay. And then MVS entering wide receiver two t- territory. Mm, I, I don't know. I don't know that I would say that. I still think he's going to be relying on the big plays too much. Okay. I don't think there's going to be enough consistency there. Maybe you get some nice flex weeks out of him. Maybe if you're playing in a deep league wide receiver three on a on a good day. But I'm still not sold on MVS yet. I'll have to see what their offense looks like and see how much he's actually incorporated. I like Juju a lot more in that yeah. offense. Yeah, I, I, I do too. I think Juju is kind of a sneaky player right now. I mean, all yeah. that hype is around Tyreek and MVS and all this kind of stuff. And I think Juju is going to be good. Uh, last, cer- last but certainly not least, <laughs> any effect of Ty- uh, 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 Travis Kelsey? No, any, Tra- any- Travis Kelsey. Travis Kelsey might have 300 catches next year. No, um, <laughs> joke, joke, fans on YouTube. I don't yo, want you to come hey, down hey, my clothes. Hey, Jesus. hey, right. hey, 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 hey. Um, we we don't know anything. <laughs> we know but, uh, nothing. Yeah, but uh, no, t- t- Travis Kelsey will be a top two or three tight end. I'm not going to say the top anymore because obviously the emergence of Mark Andrews, um, that, that's something you really got to worry about there. George Kittle will be in the mix. You still got Darren Waller who should come back healthy now with some, some space now on the field to work with. Right. So uh, it's going to be, it'll be interesting, but Kelsey's Kelsey and he's going to get a ton of work. Fair enough. Fair enough. The other move that uh, happened earlier on in the week was the return, the re-signing of playoff Lenny, Leonard Fournette, back in the Bay, baby! Leonard Fournette has re-signed with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers after a little bit of a scare saying that he was visiting New England Patriots. I saw that and I was like, there's not a chance in hell this man isn't coming back to Tampa Bay. And sure enough, he is back as the running back for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Now, I want to spin this in a different direction. What we know what Leonard Fournette can be here. We know we've seen it. We 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 know. I saw a mock draft the other day, and I know we're talking drafts later on, but I saw a Mel Kuyper mock the other day that had the Tampa Bay Buccaneers selecting a running back in the first round. And then the news came out of the Bucks re-signing Leonard Fournette, and Mel Kuyper decided to keep Tampa signing or drafting a running back. Does that does that make any sense to you? Um, I, I don't know the contract details of Leonard Fournette off the top of my head. I should have done my due diligence and had that for the show. Um, no, um, because I think it was a multi-year deal. I know that, which it is. It is not. Oh, wait, no, no I'm looking at last yeah, year. Don't, don't listen to me. It, it should have been. It should have been two. Days. I think it's two or three years. I think it's three years, but um, it is a the, three year, $21 million contract. Yeah. The, the fact of the matter is, is Leonard Fournette's going to be there now. Now, do you worry about health? Yeah, you worry about health. He's had some injuries, but Keyshawn Vaughn is still there. He got some run late in the season. You lose a Ronald Jones, you're not going to go out and re-sign him. Gio Bernard was a one-year deal that he's gone. So could they take a running back? Yeah, first round, I don't think so. I think they have some other pressing needs. They probably address the offensive line. Um, and as you get closer to draft time, Maybe you see him switch that a little bit. It's still yeah. really, really early. Um, they That's- just signed Leonard Fournette. So, um, yeah, I don't. I wouldn't anticipate them taking a running back in the first round. To be honest, I don't think you're going to see a running back selected in the first round again this year. Um, it, it's one of those things where the running back market, the wide receiver market, I think yeah. those guys are going to start just falling like we've seen in the past, um, and, unless there's a really pressing need. But you look around the league, if you yeah. really lay out the landscape – the needs aren't there. 
I'm on the opposite side of that. I at least for the draft, at least for the, at least for the draft, and at least for the wide receiver position. I feel like we're going to start seeing more and more wide receivers on the move in free agency and trades like we've seen with Devontae Adams and Tyreek Hill, because I think that is becoming almost like the new running back position where it's like, okay, they are, we could find a new, a new one in the draft, which means you can, uh, but it, it, for the draft sake, I think you still start seeing teams still take wide receivers high in the first round and things like that. I, I, maybe it maybe like over. I think time the position is that, becoming but... saturated. It to, is. Me, to me, it's it's that, and which is like the running back position. So when you have a saturated class, like a deep wide receiver class, you tend to say, well, you know what? We need a wide receiver. But when I can get maybe the second best defensive tackle here at 15 instead of the top wide receiver, and I can get the fourth best receiver who's really, really good in the second round, fifth best receiver, then why waste that pick on that? Um, I think over time, you're going to see that. Will Garrett Wilson go in the first round? Probably this year. Will yeah. some of those other guys, maybe you get a couple that are selected in the first round. I don't think you're going to see the days of Calvin Johnson's going number two anymore. Like th they're going to look at wide receiver, like why take a guy that at number two that I can get a playmaker that, with who has speed with the 55th yeah. overall pick. Unless, or 53rd, you're, like Devontae un Adams. Un unless you're Jamar Chase and you're the best player overall. Yeah, player I mean, you're, go you're going draft. to have guys that are just – insane you're gonna have calvin johnson's right where you just know yeah. um but overall in general i think some of these guys were in the past we would select a darius haywood bay in the first round henry ruggs Gross. in the first like Gross. these guys they don't project as well i think you'll start to see people teams go away from that and go go with you know in the trenches and some of those other key positions yep agreed agreed all right that does it for our top stories uh from the past few days let's get in to the dating game and i'm gonna i'm gonna play some music here let's play some tunes for the last few minutes of the show here play some tunes is this is this a good dating game tune i don't know i don't know but i can slap this shit in the car okay, though all right all right we're gonna uh, well you know maybe with my okay. date in the car oh, okay all right maybe the date's liking this all right so we're playing the dating game ladies and gentlemen we are going to give you a team and aaron is going to match them up with the perfect free agent that is still available. There's still a lot of talented free agents out there. So we were just talking about the Kansas City Chiefs. Now, Aaron, please match the Kansas City Chiefs up with the perfect date. So this one's interesting because I have two. Oh, I have double two, date. This is a double date. We're, oh, we're, the Chiefs we're are going, players hey, now. He's a pimp. Like The Chiefs are pimps, right? They're going to hold the two ladies you know, on their arms. We just saw them do a massive trade. It freed up some cap space for them. It allowed them some flexibility. We're talking about a team that's been to four straight AFC title games, um, you know, been to multiple Super Bowls, won a Super Bowl. So now they're looking to kind of complete and fill out that roster. My perfect match for them is to, to fix that defensive back end. And this kind of goes hand in hand um, together. One of them is a guy that's very familiar with their team. It's Tyron Matthew. And the other guy is Stefan Gilmore. These two right now, if you can pair them together, Tyron Matthew is a leader, and I know people are thinking he's gone, but the longer he stays available, the more likely I think he heads back to Kansas City. They can probably throw some more money at his way now with Tyreek Hill being gone. He's a playmaker, a leader for that team, and he loved Kansas City. I think it would be massive to bring him back. He's good against the run. He's good against the pass, and more so than anything, he brings that leadership to that organization. So Tyron Matthew is going to help them. The other guy is Stefan Gilmore. Stefan Gilmore 
is has been a lockdown corner in this league. He's been a defensive player of the year in New England. He went to Carolina. He made a Pro Bowl. This is a guy that can fill the void of Charvarius Ward heading over to the 49ers and give Kansas City some stability in that back end that we really haven't seen. These guys fit what Steve Spagnuolo wants to do. Stephon Gilmore is a man-to-man cover guy. He can lock down a corner of the field and they can bring that blitz like they want to do so bad. And um, I think these two right here would be a perfect match for Kansas City now that they have some flexibility um, under the salary cap. So what what about the fact that the Chiefs signed Justin Reed? Is that perfect? Okay. You play Justin Reed and Tyron Matthew together. Tyron Matthew does is positionless. It's not free safety, strong safety. Tyron Matthew is a safety. Tyron Matthew can play close to the line of scrimmage, off the ball. Um, and, and Justin Reed's very versatile as well. I think both of them there. And think about how much better Justin Reed will be with a guy like Tyron Matthew there. Um, I think you can so, play them together, and, and and I really, really like it. Hey, Chiefs fans on, on YouTube probably going to come at you and say, oh, we got Justin Reed. We also got Juan Thornhill, and we also just signed Deion Bush. Why would we go after uh, Tyron Matthew again? Look, Thornhill's a nice player. Deion Bush, you could just keep to yourself. You don't even <laughs> have to mention that name. Thornhill's a nice player, but you're talking about game-changing talents here. You're talking about a team that is in Super Bowl mode as long as Patrick Mahomes is in his prime. They the, Getting a player like Tyron Matthew is... I mean, there's you see what he did for them the past couple of seasons. There's no there's no replacing. There's no name that's better than that, um, including a Justin Reed, right? Including a guy you just brought in. You find a way to make it work. These guys can be versatile. Um, I think I think Kansas City's of the mindset now that they have flexibility. We can go out and make one more run at this Super Bowl title for the next couple of seasons um, with or without a, a weapon like Tyreek Hill. And I think I think those two guys together solidify that back in there's so much flexibility there with uh steve spagnola on, on what he can do pressure wise from a team that doesn't have many pressure guys if they have those two on the back end okay. i thought it was interesting though uh, Ty- uh tyron matthew tweeted out shortly after the tyree kill trade uh said quote when egos run wild contain yours so who knows what will, will happen with the Kansas State Chiefs and if they can bring back Tyron Matthew. But I really like that Stephon Gilmore one. That, that, that is good as well. Let's go to another one. Let's let's go to Dylan. Let's go to Dylan's team here. Let's go to uh, <laughs> Dylan's newfound team and the Indianapolis Colts. Let me uh, let me change this song here. Let me see. Let me see if we can feed the ducks and see if that's a better song for. Feed okay. the ducks is, is always. Smooth. I feel like this is more dating game like. I feel like this is more after hours dating game. Well, the first one was like a menage a trois type thing. So, so yeah, so we needed a little bit more, a little bit more. uh, Yeah, yeah, for sure. Okay. Okay. So the Indianapolis Colts, Aaron, who is the perfect match for the Indianapolis Colts? Look, Indianapolis Colts going and getting Matt Ryan was huge. The defense we talked about creating most turnovers last year, um, they were solid. The offensive line has been really, really good for a number of years. Obviously, they're a void of weapons on the outside, but when you look in the free agent market, there's not a whole lot of weapons out there, right? So you kind of got to scale that back. Maybe you go address that in the draft. You bring in a guy like Matt Ryan, but he's old and he can't move. So what do you have to do when you have an older guy? You want to, you want to, you want somebody that can protect him, that can kind of take care of him. And that's, that, that's Dwayne Brown, man. That's Dwayne Brown from the Seattle Seahawks. He's he's a free agent. The Colts are losing Eric Fisher. Uh, there's no signs of that they're going to re-sign him. That left tackle spot is kind of a void there. Um, I think I you like bring in a guy like Dwayne role. Brown, and you you let him protect 
Matt Ryan's blindside. Like Matt Ryan is a very formidable quarterback when he's standing upright. He can still sling it. He's a veteran. He's been an MVP. He's been to a Super Bowl. And Dwayne Brown is one of the best tackles in football. And um, yeah, I think you go out, you protect Matt Ryan, and you say, this is our shot. Everybody in the AFC, this is an arms race. The Colts are right there in that arms race. A number one running back, Michael Pittman emerging, a good offensive line. They bring in a Matt Ryan. They have a solid defense. You go out and you say, let's protect our guy. Go out there and make some plays and, and you know, lead us to an AFC South championship. Uh, Dwayne Brown, match made in heaven. The Indianapolis it's funny. It, you, you brought up the, the fact that it's good for Matt Ryan. It's good for Jonathan Taylor, too. Like, that's, that's a huge. Yeah, for sure. For, for sure. Yeah, that's a huge, a huge ad for him if you want to keep him as one of the best running backs in the National Football League. Talked about MBS earlier. He came from the Green Bay Packers. Aaron, the Green Bay Packers have now stepped into the, uh, Aaron Rodgers. Let's just say Aaron Rodgers because he really he runs the Green Bay Packers, basically. Aaron Rodgers has stepped into the dating game chair. The wall is up, and there's beautiful dates lined up, ready for, the, for Aaron Rodgers to pick from. Who is number 12 selecting as his date for the 2022 season? First of all, we know Aaron Rodgers is a diva, right? We know he loves attention. And, and when I originally made this pick, um, I, I went back and forth, and I probably should have made it a double date as well because we know Aaron Rodgers likes that attention. So I'm going to bring up two guys, but I'll, I'll spend most of my time on the, on the guy that I, I that I you know had down. Um, he needs weapons. Aaron Rodgers needs somebody to go out and have fun with, go out and be productive with on the streets when they hit the town in wonderful Green Bay, Wisconsin. You know, he signed a millions of dollar contract. He got to spend some money. So he needs somebody that's flashy like him. That man's, it's easy. It's Odell Beckham Jr. Now, look, we, we, we talk about Odell and we know he might not be back until November, he, but he is electrifying when he's on the field and he's shown he can come back from a knee injury once. So why am I going to doubt him now? Leaving the Cleveland Browns, I wasn't sure, but now watching him be with the Rams, watching him make that Super Bowl run, his effectiveness in the Super Bowl before he had that injury, I, it, to me, this is a slam dunk. You go out and you get Aaron Rodgers a weapon, somebody that is very, very smart. His football IQ is is unmatched. I think you go out and get a guy like that for Aaron Rodgers. They hit the town together and they make special things happen. But in that same sense, why don't you go be really bold? And then you bring in one of his friends, somebody that he knows really well. Then you make this thing a, a huge just kind of party and you go out and get Jarvis Landry too. I, I talked the other day about going and getting a Robert Woods, going and getting a Jarvis Landry together. Well, why not o OBJ and Jarvis Landry? Have them team back up in Green Bay. Aaron Rodgers will have an underneath guy that can go out and be a PPR monster, which he loves in Jarvis Landry, who again is a really, really effective football player. And then he can blow the top off with a guy like OBJ. You still in a mix in a guy like Alan Lazard. You bring back a Robert Tunyon. And now that offense losing Devontae Adams doesn't look so, I'll say it, pathetic. <laughs> Obviously, you still have a good offensive line. Bakhtiari back healthy. You still have dual running backs in Aaron Jones. And, um, What's the other guy's name? AJ Dillon. I think this, I think going and doing that, going and signing those two kind of superstar, not only superstar talents, but superstar personalities brings a little life back into that Green Bay locker room. And uh, maybe we start talking about them as one of the NFC favorites again. Because right now, I don't know that they can compete with Tampa and uh, the Rams. It's tough. It is tough. I'm going to change up the music. Maybe this is, I don't, I don't think I've ever played this song before. Let's see what it's like. So the reason why I've picked up the, I would say, anger 
and the aggression in the music is because we're about to talk about our favorite team. And I could not leave them off the list because they've really, you know, we, we, we love the Cincinnati Bengals so much. Like, they, they're becoming one of our favorite teams. We do know a lot about them. And we, we, we can almost cover do them we? Do we Do we know about, a lot about the Cincinnati I, I Bengals? Do, I don't do know. we? Because according to the YouTube universe, and I'm, I'm going to say it, we don't know nothing. We didn't watch any Bengals games. The Bengals are just the best team that's ever walked the damn planet of planet Earth. Listen, I'm going to say this because we have about nine minutes left in this show, <laughs> and I was defending the Cincinnati Bengals the last time we talked. But the fact of the matter is, Bengals fans, you guys are absolutely delusional. Okay? Stop. You guys had a really good season, a really good team. You got good job. But how are you going to sit here and say that your team is set? Your team's good. Don't need to do anything. What for? You guys are good. Great quarterback, all this stuff. But every other team that is good, been to Super Bowls, Kansas City last year, coming off a of Super Bowl, went and changed their entire offensive line. Their entire offensive line got better. And they then what happened? Cincinnati came out of nowhere and beat them. And they, they, their team was like, oh, we don't have to do nothing. I was a Chiefs guy. Chiefs are good. They don't have to do nothing. Stop acting like the Cincinnati Bengals are some Patriots dynasty from the 2000s where they're winning yeah. every year. Stop it, okay? Yeah. Joe Burrow's good. We're not saying he's not. Good running game. Joe Mixon's nice. Jamar Chase, T. Higgins. Offensive line has the, been the problem. You guys address that. Good job. The defense was solid last year. Great. If you don't think they need to improve, then you haven't been watching football for your entire existence. So stop it. Stop coming at Dylan's head. We know what he said. We know he said they wouldn't sniff the playoffs. We get it. It was just, it was a little sarcastic, okay? Bengals fans, sit much. the hell down. Just yeah. sit down and shut up. Y'all the Super Bowl losers, you guys are second place. You guys are good, I, I, but calm down. Yeah, you guys are You guys are a great team. You guys are going, I, I would say you guys are more likely going to be a player. It's going to be a battle, though. Like, it's not a, it, it's not it's a not guarantee easy. that you're... Yeah, it's not a guarantee that you're going to be a playoff team, and it sure as hell isn't a guarantee that you're not going to be a playoff team. So either way, it could go both ways. You guys had a great season last year. We'll see if that can continue. Now, we've asserted our dominance. We've we've put it out there. This is more of an aggressive date. This is the one that we this is the one that we're gonna be throwing out the car at the end of the night. Okay, let me see if I can get a good a good uh a good what is this one? Let's see. Cincinnati fans be getting me fired up, man. They entitled because they went to a Super Bowl. Like, come on, man. Let's see what this one is. A little is. weird. We appreciate all the, the back and forth, though, <laughs> Bengals fans. Make sure hey, you yeah, come back do. and do it again. But I want to see the same energy during the season. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, we talk about talk about the energy in the offseason. It's easy. Everybody's zero and zero. Everybody's team's getting better. Everybody's going to signing guys. Let's see what happens when you actually step on the football field. Every year, there's six or seven playoff teams that were there made a good run, and then didn't make it the next year. Ask the, the Rams when they went to the Super Bowl. Ask the Philadelphia Eagles after they won the Super Bowl. Let's let's just pump the brakes and act like, you know, you know. let's, let's just be realistic. You still need help. There's still some holes on that team. We're going to night at the Roxbury this one. Zach Taylor is stepping up for a final dating game contestant here. He's rocking. He's bobbing. Emilio! <laughs> Zach right. Taylor is stepping up here. Aaron, who is the perfect match to the Cincinnati Bengals. And you better get it right, because if you don't, they're coming at you. First of all, if I say it, it's right. I don't give a shit what Bengals fans think. They don't know. I mean, I'm the one that even, defended hey, them. Whoa, bro. Do you even subscribe to PFF, bro? Like, you bro, really should I, invest I mean, 
in the yeah, I heard I heard Eli Apple was the second best man to man cover corner Eli last Apple year. Eli Apple is so Jesus good, Christ. bro. Eli Apple. Come on, man. <laughs> Eli Apple's been on how many teams now? Stop, okay? Listen. I do got I do got hope for Bengals fans because I do like what the Bengals are building. They're a really, really good young team. Fact of the matter is, if something happened this offseason that many people aren't even talking about anymore. They had a big key free agent who got hurt, who went and signed with another team. Well, he failed a physical with that team. That's Larry Ogunjobi. He, he failed a physical with the Bears. And this guy is a physical presence on that defense. I think that Cincinnati Bengals come back and they say, hey, look, man, you can't pass a physical. You're struggling. We're not going to pay you as much. We can't keep you at the salary that you wanted, but we're willing to keep you. We got doctors that'll pass you on your physical. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, obviously, it's a, it's a tough injury coming back from that Liz Frank type, type situation, but this is a guy that's dominant inside. He can be very, very physical for that defensive line. It gives them another, another piece in an area where I do think they need to get better. Yes, they were really good against the run last year, but their secondary is going to be a problem. When you look at the AFC West, the, or the AFC West and the AFC North, and then you got the Bills, and now you have the uh, the Dolphins. Like, the AFC weapons are crazy. So if you want to line up Eli Apple and Shadobi Awuzie against Devontae Adams, against uh, Deontay Johnson, against Tyreek Hills, against in the Keenan playoffs Allens. against these AFC teams, the Keenan Allens, all these AFC teams have weapons. If you want to trust that, good for you. Go for it, man. I will see you when you're, when you're making your first-round exit. But if not, then go get some pressure on the quarterback. Be stout up front. Allow these guys on the back end to not have to cover as long. And then you won't get burned for the game-winning touchdown like Cooper Cup did against Eli Apple. I'm just oh saying. Oh, my. Oh, my goodness. But we I'm going to throw shots season, all day. I'm going to throw shots all night at Cincinnati fans because they're delusional. We're talking about a Chidobia Wuzie who had one good season. One. Hey. Cowboys hey. fan. I watched him in Dallas. I watched him at Colorado. Very talented player. But he gets exposed. So if you think he's going to come back and do the same thing year after year, maybe he does. Good for him if he does. But I need to see it. I'm not just going to have one good season happen and then be like, he's, he's the best cover corner in the AFC, blah, blah, blah. I don't want to hear that shit. Let's book it right here. Let's book it right here. This clip is more than likely going to be out on YouTube this weekend for you Bengals fans. This weekend is going to be out tonight. It, it's going to be out go. tonight. If you see this, if you see this video, and you and you want to comment on there, and you want to run your mouth, and you want to talk about it and say how we don't are not we're not Bengals fans. We need to subscribe to PFF. We don't know what we're talking about. Show up, show up at 8 p.m. Eastern time right here on YouTube, the same spot, the same spot you've already found the video. It's going to be very easy for you guys. 8 p.m. Eastern time on Monday. If you don't like what we said, show up then. Bring it in the chat. We're very interactive. We see Bailey in the chat. We see AJ in the chat. We talking to him. We interactive. If you want to bring the heat, bring it. Show up. Step up to the plate. Bring the heat. Hey, maybe we'll even have you on the show. Maybe we'll turn this into a radio show and we have they you on the show. They can come on anytime can, they want. They, You guys can throw blow for blow with us. Maybe we'll have another fan takeover show and you guys can come on and throw blows with us. But until then... Just leave it in the comments because we do. Tell them, let me get $17.99 or $24.99 or whatever now PFF is charging because <laughs> nobody has access to PFF except for <laughs> Bengals fans. Unbelievable. All right. That does it, though, for another episode of the Sac City podcast on this beautiful Fun and Games Friday. I just want to remind everybody that if you haven't gone over to social media, what are you doing? Head on over to at Sac City Pod on Facebook. 
Instagram and Twitter for the socials. Uh, be sure to like, share, and let your friends know. Don't be selfish. Let everyone know. And, of course, we have all these perfectly clipped videos for your viewing pleasures on our YouTube at Sac City Pod. And then on TikTok, you get that exclusive content. Uh, but I want to really touch up on this YouTube thing here real quick and before we close it out. We do this show. It's an hour long. Sometimes people can't enjoy sitting through an hour long video, but you do want to see our beautiful faces because I mean, look at us. We're beautiful. You want to watch us. We do a lot of work in graphics and videos and things like that to make it a, a great experience, a great watching experience. Maybe you can't sit through the hour, though. Head on over to our YouTube page and watch our perfectly clipped videos in a nice little playlist. It's super easy for you guys to watch. We try and make it as easy as possible here in the city. So please do that and make sure you hit that subscribe button and you share. We appreciate everyone tuning in on all the podcasting platforms. Wherever you get your podcasts, we are there. Be sure to write a review after you listen to this episode. Let us know what you think of the show so we can improve and get better. We will be back again on Monday live at 8 p.m. Eastern time right here on Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, and Belly Up Sports TV. For my best friend Aaron Mukes, I am me. We will see you Monday. Peace out, Bengals fans. Thank you for listening to this Belly Up Sports Podcast Network product. Some said we go belly up, so we made it our name, and we're still here.